black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Johnny. How's your week been? The week has been one that has been fun-packed. Harrison turned four years old on Saturday. And so I am officially the mom of a big boy. I am, I don't know how to feel about it. So I was driving. I was talking to one of my friends and I was telling her like, I feel some kind of way right now because Harrison is four now and I didn't know how to feel. And she was like, well, what emotions are you feeling? She's the type of friend that starts to probe about your emotions. What emotions are you feeling? I said, I I don't know. I can't even describe it. I feel sad. I feel guilt. I feel all of the things now that he's like older. And then he went with his dad to get a haircut and he has no hair anymore. Y'all, my baby has no hair. It is like a very low, even cut. He looks like a seven or eight year old. He looks older now. So, um, That also had me in my feelings because I'm used to his like big kinky hair that we had slowly been chopping away with scissors. And then he finally got a haircut and that haircut was still like not a big chop, but this is a huge chop, huge chop. So, but it was good. All in all, it was great. The birthday party was at one of those trampoline parks, but Harrison had fun. How was your week? Let's talk about the haircut. So I saw the picture of Harrison and James and I was like, oh my goodness, look how big boy he is. He's so cute. (laughs) I remember when Harrison had little braids and now he has a big boy haircut. This is a thing, Nicole. Like this is an official milestone. Now your son can wear a bow tie and be preppy. I just... I don't know. I do remember having like parting his hair and like braiding it up. And so he had all the little twigs in his head when he was like one and he would laugh and like roll over on the sofa. And I just cannot believe he has no hair. He just looks so old, but he likes his haircut. He does like his haircut. And so you're right. This is progression. This is him growing up. These are all the stages of Harrison. We'll have to post all the stages because my baby's not a baby anymore. He's so cute, though. So he's still your baby. He's just not a baby. He's just a little young man. I was so that I'm just I feel a kind of way because I feel like I mean, as your as his well, mom, my mama keeps saying he's about to go to college next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seems like. It literally seems like he is. I mean, he's, it's it's the cutest thing. Y'all have to see it. it she, I know that Nicole is having a difficult time. With the fact that Harrison doesn't have any hair, but y'all, it is, he is adorable. He's a cute little thing. Anyway, Janine, I'm not going to stay in my feelings. How was your week? So on Thursday, I had a bowling 
outing for our leadership team. And then, or we had a bowling outing. Like I didn't put it together. See the the outings. I, I appreciate them because I don't have to put them together. I love that kind of thing. Um, and then Janelle, I was invited to a Janelle Monet listening party, which was kind of dope. That was Thursday evening. Then Friday, I don't actually remember what I did Friday, but I was busy. Oh, I know what I did on Friday. Friday, I worked and then I went to get my hair dyed. So the under of my hair is now like fuchsia color. And then on Saturday, I went to the LLS gala and the DC chapter of LLS raised from the gala and the fundraising from the gala over $2 million for blood cancer research. And that was Saturday. And then Sunday, I went to church. And then after church, um, Steve, who is Ken's best friend, came in town. So we went to hang out with him for a little while. And then last night, I went out to karaoke. So yeah, I've been out busy. There have been, oh, on Saturday night, I spent the night at one of my friend's houses. So I didn't even come home on Saturday. I came home Sunday morning. Then I got to church. So yeah, it was great fun. But I'm tired, girl. I'm tired. All I heard was I'm invited to all the good stuff. I went to Janelle Monet's listening party because I got a personal invite. And I also went to the big gala that raised a million dollars <laughs> because I'm hanging with the big boys. You know what? That's all right. Us common folks, we, we are okay down uh-huh. here in the South by ourselves. That's okay. We, we, we're rooting for you over here. We, we're happy for you. Our listeners, I, they happy. They happy for you. It wasn't even like that. It was a great event. Let me say that. But it wasn't like an, ex- I mean, there were a lot of people there. It wasn't just me. It was, mm-hmm. I just sent you a video, but I will post mm-hmm. it. It was actually a really dope event. Mm-hmm. It was a really dope event. She's doing a couple of them around the country. So it was great. It was absolutely great. And I actually have a newfound respect for Janelle Monet because she really like puts a vibe together. I will say that her people put a good vibe together. Yeah, y'all. We're going to post a recap of both of our weekends. My weekend was filled with Tyler Joy jumping on trampolines with in-laws in town, right? <laughs> her weekend was, was filled flossing with Janelle Monet at the gala. Hey, I throw some of these conferences in I just went to. So how have our listeners been? How have you guys been? I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend and you are listening to us and catching up on the podcast. And of course, sharing us with your friends. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. We are at all of the places. We are on Reddit. That's where y'all like to send us your wonderful letters and tell us about your lives. And we appreciate it all. And you can email us and you can go on the Mino Lion website. We do not have any shortages of ways to contact us. So make sure you connect, y'all. All right, Janine. So what's on our timeline this week? Okay, so y'all, Erica Hart. And I don't know if you all know who she is, but we actually follow her on the podcast page. And I actually follow her personally, but I started following her actually because of her breast cancer journey. I don't even know if this is how she became very well known, but I found her because she suffered with breast cancer and she had, I don't even know if it was a double mastectomy, but she had a mastectomy or a lumpectomy. I'm not even hundred percent sure, but it required that she have her nipples removed. And she was advocating for, you know, breast cancer research and how important it is to do self exams and all of that. So that's how I found her. But in the process of, of me following her and her journey, 
I also realized that she is part of the LGBTQ community. So she does give a lot of information. And let me say this, outside of being a breast cancer survivor, she has a podcast. She's also a sex educator. And I think at this point, she's probably most notable for being an LGBTQ advocate. And she and her partner, her partner's name is Ebony, and Ebony is transgender or identifies as transgender. And they go around and educate and advocate for specifically the Black, queer, non-binary, and transgender community. It was a mouthful, but y'all got exactly what I said. So these are two Black, queer, essentially gender non-conforming individuals, and they educate people about it, right? So their platform, if you go onto their Instagram or Twitter or anything, their platform is very educational, not just about the LGBTQ community, but also about sexuality and specifically as it relates to Black people. Okay, so now that I've explained to you who Erica is, let's get to the point. So the couple... They recently welcomed their first child and Erica posted a cute little video of her kind of playing with their kid. And the child is wearing this cute little like rainbow onesie. And initially I thought that she was posting it because she was trolling a very large company that we like to visit that has had a little bit of a issue with their pride month display. Right. So a little bit of controversy. I thought that's what she was doing initially. And she might have been, but the video has kind of transformed into something that's a little different and it doesn't really feel, it doesn't really feel like it aligns with kind of the rest of their, their posts. But again, you know, we're here. So in the video, she's kind of holding her baby and dancing and making the baby dance. And she's singing, she's talking, but she, you know, in a sing, sing songy voice. And she's saying, it's a gay baby. It's a gay baby. And then she says, talking to the child, please be gay. So in the background, you hear what I assume to be Ebony, because it sounds like their voice. The voice says, um, be what you want to be, you know, basically telling the child, like, whatever it is that you want to be, be what you want to be. And so Erica then says, yes, be what you want to be, but be gay. So then she says, okay, thank you. And then she says, no pressure, but pressure. Now, basically it's a not even minute long video and she's talking to and dancing with her child. And I'm sure that every parent has had this kind of experience where they're like looking at their child and thinking of all the things that they can be and seeing what the vision of this child is going to be like. But specifically in this video that she posted, people really had like very strong feelings about this. Now, the people, they started commenting because, you know, they have to comment. And let me be very clear. The comments did not come on her page because her comments are turned off, at least for this post. The comments came because it's been reposted to other like blog sites a number of times. And the people went in because the people like to, the people like to people because that's what they do. They just want to say stuff and have comments. They probably don't even know who she is. And if they do know who she is, who knows? So some of the things that they were saying were like, this generation is over. Some even called and basically said that, you know, CPS should be called on her. A lot of people said, this is how the LGBT community operates. And others were saying, this is not an LGBTQ thing. This is, this is just how people are. People have a vision for their kids. This is this might be a her thing, not necessarily a community thing, right? Others asked why she didn't say that she wanted a strong, healthy baby. 
I mean, the baby's here now. It's clearly strong and healthy. So like, I mean, it's just a lot. People just had a lot to say. And here's, here's the thing. I don't know how y'all know I don't have chicken nor child, right? Like I got a, I got a puppy and she's amazing, but like, I don't have chicken or child. And I'm, and it seems every time I, I listen to pregnancy pearls with Nicole Plenty, Dr. Nicole Plenty, um, I'm concerned because it seems like a lot of stress to have a kid, right? And then when you're making just a, what seems to be an innocent video with your child and everyone has something to say, it becomes a thing. So I don't know how to feel about it. It feels like a lot of pressure. It feels like a lot of stress. It also feels a little interesting because I don't know that I would be okay if it was, or I would feel the same way if it was a hetero like normative man saying, hey, I want my my kid to be straight. I don't even know that that's something that you think of when your baby is so young. Like, are they going to be gay? Are they going to be straight? I don't know. I don't have kids. I'm not sure why this is such a thing. Maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm missing it. Like, I feel like it's Pride Month. So I feel like we should advocate for people to want their children to be whatever they want their children to be. But I also feel like kind of you should just let your kids be what they want to be. I don't know, Nicole. Give me parental feedback on this because I have no idea. I was lost. I was like, why is everybody making such a big deal about this? What do you think? I think that her post was very ignorant. And I said what I said and I mean what I say. It was that was ignorance at on a platter right there. Um, first of all, when we talk about sexuality and we're not even talking about like identity, right? We're not talking about gender identity. This is sexuality we're talking about. So when we say, I want you to be gay, you know, gay is sexuality. Okay. That's your sexual preference. So why are we talking about the sexual preference of a baby? You didn't say you want him to be transgender. You didn't say you want him to be non-binary. You didn't say what you wanted him to identify as in terms of gender. You are calling out what you want his sexuality to be. And I have a problem with that. I have a problem with hypersexualizing children. And to me, that is exactly what she did when she says, I want you to be gay. I want you to be gay. Because now you're sitting there thinking like, why is your mind even going to sexuality and the sexual preferences of your like two month old baby or whatever? That baby looks small. Okay. That baby looked like it was fresh out of the hospital. So why are we going there? You're not saying, oh, I want you to identify as a, as a she. I want your pronouns to be preferred. She, her. You didn't say that. Okay. You said, I want you to be gay. I want you to be a gay man. Why? And what are you going to do during the childhood to encourage the sexuality of this child? And so that's why people are like, CBS need to be called because why are you even exposing the thoughts to your child? You should want your child to be whatever they want to be. You should support your child in whatever they want to do. But I have not. I mean, Harrison is four. We set up play dates with girls, boys. We're not talking about, well, maybe my child will marry your child. Maybe my child will date your child. We're not, we're not talking about that. He's four. All I want him to do is be able to write his name right now, okay, with a pencil, okay? I want him to be able to communicate and tell us what's wrong. I want him to be able to tell us if somebody's touched him improperly. I want him to tell us if he's hurt. I want him to tell us if he doesn't feel comfortable. Those are the things I want to talk to my toddler about, okay? I'm not talking to him about, hey, you play with little heroes. Do you like little I don't care. I don't want him to like anybody right now. I don't want him to even think about gender and his genitalia right now, okay? 
I want him to play with Peppa Pig the same as he does Gecko Garage because that's what he likes. If he wants to wear pink, he wears pink. If he wants to wear blue, he wears blue. Right now, it does not matter. He has no preference. He doesn't have a care in the world. And that is what we should want for our children. We should want to take all of the outside forces. We want to neutralize them as long as we possibly can for our children. And so instead of her trying to protect her children saying, you know what? You don't have to be what societal norms want you to be. You automatically do the counter of the social norms and try to hypersexualize your child. That's what you just did. And I don't know if she realizes that's what she just did, but she did. And it's improper to do. And I wanted to go through there and shake her. And if she comes for me in this video, come for me, mama. Okay, I do this for a living. So it's not right. Now you you respect children and what they identify with, yes, okay. But to hypersexualize a baby and to try to put a certain sexual identity on a baby is just wrong. It it it, it made me cringe, Janine. Now let's switch it up a bit and say if there was a parent that was straight that went on social media and said, "Please be straight, please be straight." I mean, people would be coming out the woodworks at this parent out the woodworks. So you know what, baby girl, we don't discriminate on this here podcast. So you know, if, if, if we're going to call people out for not accepting and acting homophobic, then we're going to call you out for over sexualizing your own child. So Nicole, I really didn't actually think about them sexualizing the child, but I understand now, but my question is, did she say it as an all-encompassing, like, I just want you to be in the community? And we don't know because we don't we don't have her phone number and we can't call her or ask her. But the idea of, like, I would hope that she wasn't attempting to hypersexualize. Because to your point, if we were hypersexualizing a little girl and it was a guy and it was it was a heterosexual thing, we would be up in arms. Like, why are you talking about a baby in sexual terms. I don't know. I feel like I want to believe that she was using the term gay as an all-encompassing term rather than specifically focusing on the child sexuality because that does make it very uncomfortable. And yeah, you're absolutely right. If that is how she was thinking about that, I don't feel comfortable with that. But there are a couple of things that I wanted to say. So one I don't think that this is a reflection on the community as a whole, right? Like this is one parent, even the other parent, from what it sounds like, was saying, look, be what you want to be. And she was like, no, but please be gay. I would like to say we can't use this one example to be a reflection of the community as a whole, right? Because that would be like us saying that all black parents are the same or all Asian parents are the same or all. You can't do that, right? There are good parents and they're not good parents. We know this, right? And we're not saying that she's not a good parent, but this is how she feels. This does not mean that every gay or LGBTQ parent feels the same way. As a matter of fact, most of the parents that I know that that are in the community, they would prefer that their children not do that because or not be specifically the black ones would prefer that their children not be because they don't want to add an extra, as they put it, struggle to their child's life. And look, Every parent isn't the same. So let's not paint the entire community with one broad brush because that ain't how this works. And I like really thought about this because, I, again, not a parent, but isn't there some level for most parents that they want their children to either follow in their footsteps or be better than them? And if she's a sex educator and she is 
a an educator of the LGBT community. And if she has spent the majority of her life in this space, I can see how she would want her child to follow in her footsteps and quote unquote, make the world a better, more understanding, more welcoming, more inviting place. When you were like looking at Harrison and his his baby bassinet, did you have like visions for what he was going to be like when he grew up? Did you have plans of like, this is what I want him to be a doctor and I want him to do this? Like, or were you just like, I really just want my son to be a happy, contributing member of society? I wanted him to be happy. You know, I wanted him to be, you know, I was most concerned about like, I hope that he's smart, right? Like I wanted him to be smart. I wanted him to have things I didn't have growing up. I wanted him to have access to resources, but nowhere in my mind was I thinking about him being gay or straight, married or single, having kids or no kids, like all of that. That is not even a thought of mine even now. So I I'm, I, I can't even make it right, Janine. It's not right. All right, Jenny. So, you know, now that we're talking about parents trying to control everything, you ready to read through some of these letters from our listeners? Why don't we? Let's do it. My letter reads, Nicole and Janine, my mom has always done everything in her power to make sure I had the best she could afford. As an only child, I went to private school. I was in Jack and Jill growing up. I attended an Ivy League school. I was involved in ballet and dance, speech debate team in high school and in college, and always took multiple trips over the summers growing up so that I could be exposed to different cultures. I feel like my mom planned everything in my childhood as much as she possibly could. Now I'm a successful corporate banker in my late 30s, and I recently got engaged. The problem is I'm engaged to a man that my mom would have never, ever chosen for me. My fiance works for the City Light Company. He's hardworking and works long hours. He treats me like royalty. But for my mom, she always wanted me to marry someone Ivy League educated. If she had her choice, I'd be married to a big time attorney or a politician from Harvard so that we could be the next Barack and Michelle Obama. At first, she thought my boyfriend was just a fling, so she didn't say much about him after her initial rant. But once I started bringing him around for family holiday dinners, she started inviting one of my ex-boyfriends randomly over, which was pretty awkward for my ex, for my boyfriend, and also for me. Now that I'm engaged, she told me she won't be at the wedding and she most certainly isn't spending a dime paying for it. My biological father passed away when I was younger, but my stepdad seems to think it's my decision and it's generally supportive, or at least I think he is when I talk with him when my mom isn't around. I'm not sure why she's behaving like this. Jeff, my fiance, makes me so happy and we're in love. Shouldn't that be enough? I'm torn about what to do next. I want my family support and would never want to get married without my mom's blessing. What should I do? Mandy. Okay, Mandy. I assume that, Mandy, you have a black mama. And any black woman that has a black mama, we know that there's a very interesting dynamic between mother and daughter, especially when it comes to us getting married. Now, Mandy, we're not about to go into that dynamic right now because... That's a whole nother episode. We will talk about it one day, but we're not going to talk about the, the mother-daughter dynamic right now. But what we are going to talk about is the fact that your mother is probably upset. And this is the decision that you have to make. You have to make the decision as to whether your mother has a valid point about your fiance or if this is just preference. And how important is it to you to have your mother at your wedding 
and your mother paying for your wedding? And how important is it to you to spend the rest of your life with the man that you love? I'm going to say this. I'm not telling you to go against your mother because, you know, I would hope that your mother would come around and come to her senses and realize that it's your decision to marry who it is that you want and she will be supportive. And if your marriage does not work out, she will be equally supportive. And I'm not wishing bad on your marriage, but we know that like, you know, divorce is a real thing these days. And what I know that it's well, what it appears that you're longing for is a supportive mother not specifically for this relationship, but just in general, we want our parents to support us in our good decisions, in our bad decisions. We want them to support us. And if we make bad decisions, we would like them to be there to help pick up the pieces and not have the I told you so attitude. Now, I'm not going to guarantee that your mama's not going to have that, right? Because mama's if you have a black mama specifically, and I just told, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I said that we should not make a generalization, but y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Y'all know every black mama's not like that, but a lot of black mamas, they tell you exactly how they feel and they don't care how it makes you feel about how they feel. I ain't saying that's right, but y'all, that's what, that's what happens. So I say this to say, Mandy, if it's important to you to have your mother there and have your mother at your wedding and have your mother support your union, then this ain't the man for you to marry, girl. Unless you want to sit down and have some real live dialogue with your mama. However, if you feel like you can move on and have a relationship with your mother, regardless of the fact that she doesn't come to your wedding and all of this, then girl, marry this man. But am I of the mindset that you should allow your mother to dictate the person that you're going to be with? No. Look, girl, you make decent money. You're in a situation where regardless it sounds like you're in a situation where regardless of how much your man makes, you all will be go okay. However, I will tell you this. Think about a couple of things. Think about the fact that you're that you are on the trajectory of your career that you're on and think about the trajectory of the career that he's on. And then also think about if this could potentially create a problem down the line. Now, you can't cross every T and dot every I when it comes to relationships because People, you can't control people. Back to what I was saying earlier. But I will say this. If you don't think it's going to be an issue and this is the love of your life, go for it, girl. Love is love. be out here hard to find. And if you find it, you need to hold on to it. And look, your mama, your mama can, she got a, she got a husband. So maybe you, maybe you sit and reason with your mom and say, hey, mom, you have a husband. You have love. Let me have love, too. It's okay. I will be successful. I don't need to marry a successful man because I will be successful now. But you got to you got to stick to that as well. And maybe you just tell her what I just told you, mom, I want you to be supportive. And if it doesn't work out, I want you to be supportive to pick up the pieces if, if it falls to pieces, because that's what moms are supposed to do. What do you think, Nicole? First of all, I want to know a little bit more detail about how, how these young folks met, right? So she's in corporate banking. He works for the city. And I'm not saying that y'all are not running the same circles, but let's face it, y'all probably don't run in a lot of the same circles. So I want to know how exactly did you meet? And the reason that I want to know how you met is because sometimes we out having a good time. We with our girls at the club. We celebrating something. You got a promotion. You are with a friend that just broke up with... Uh, with a boyfriend, or maybe you had just broken up with a boyfriend and you went out, you had your mini skirt on with your bedazzled sequence and you had your freaking dress on and you met him at the club. You had a one night stand, right? And then from that one night stand, he stayed around. Listen to me, follow me with this. 
The D can make us mesmerize and not see things the way they should be seen clearly. So if you met this man randomly, had a fling with them, and then he stuck around, now you're mesmerized by the D. Sometimes you may not see the differences that are at play, okay? And I'm not saying that he has to be Ivy League like your mama says, but you should have something in common, right? You should have the same level of grind, okay? You should have the same hustle because if you're hustling and he's not hustling, eventually you are going to get annoyed. It don't matter how much more money than him you make. If he is not hustling or he has this like sort of lazy work ethic, then that's that's not going to be good, girl. Okay, because eventually all the dramatizing, excuse me, <laughs> the mesmerizing by the D, okay, will have worn out off. So that's why I ask, I want to know how uh, you met. Now, let me say this. Just because he works for the city or has some type of blue collar job doesn't mean he's not hardworking. So you really explained that he works long hours and he he is hardworking. The question I would have is, what does he plan to do after this job? Does he plan to move up in the company? What does he plan to do? Because he works for the city. What does that mean? Okay, he works for a light company. Is he climbing ladders on the light poles, hooking up lights? And I say that because when he's like 50, he might not be have the shape to do that or he not may not physically be able to do that. Okay, so what is the plan if he's doing something that requires manual labor? What is the plan long-term? If he's trying to move out the, up the company, is he trying to start a business as an electrician on the side so that he can grow that business and he can eventually not work for the city? Like, what is the plan if he's somebody that is working for the city doing manual labor? Now, if he's already, you know, as, you know, working in an office, that's a little bit different, right? He's already doing more administrative work and can move up the ladder the corporate ladder that way. So I think we need to really discuss what exactly does he do? Okay. The letter makes it seem like he's working for the city, you know, on light posts. Okay. Which means that eventually physically he may not be able to do that. Now, if this man is, and also wait, let me go back. Now, how many baby mamas does he have? Does he have any babies? You know, like what does his life look like? Like, I'm just trying to find a reason that mom is so objective that she's not coming to the wedding. Like it can't just be because this man works for the electric company. And last time I checked, people that work for the city make good money. I would like to note that mom is a little bit disrespectful though. Don't invite my exes to nothing. I don't care what who I'm dating. Don't invite yeah. my exes to a thing because now you're being disrespectful. So I really think that this might be on the mom. This It sounds like he's a good guy. She didn't say he, that he had a bunch of kids and baby mamas. She didn't say none of that. So it sounds like he might be a good guy. It sounds like mama might be tripping a little bit though. Just saying. No, nah, I agree. You can't invite the exes. Mm-mm. All right, Janine. So what does your letter read? Mine says, hi, ladies. I really need your advice. My husband and I have one son who we have poured everything we have into. We had him later in life. So we've been very intentional about doing our best to make sure that he has the best. I'm not talking about material things necessarily, but best like education, opportunities to travel, playing instruments, sports, social organizations, etc. One of those things that we've made a significant investment into is his golf lessons. Our son has played golf since elementary school, and he and my husband have bonded over golf over the years. My son is a great golfer. 
he actually received a full ride to college to play golf. My son decided that his senior year of high school was going to be his last year playing golf and decided that he wasn't going to accept the scholarship, but instead go to another school altogether. Since my son broke this news to my husband and I, my husband has not said a single word to him. He didn't even speak to him at his graduation. He almost didn't even come. My husband feels like it's a slap in the face because he was certain that our son could become a professional golfer. Ladies, how can I bridge the divide between my son and my husband? Please help. Signed, Tracy. Well, I mean, Tracy, I understand that you guys invested in things that you thought both your son and your husband liked. And I understand that he's good, but guess what? That's not for everybody. Like there are people that are fantastic at basketball and never want to play pro basketball. There are people that are extremely good at math and science and don't want to go to medical school. It just may not be for him. And so you remind your husband, because this is on your husband, it's not on your child. Okay. Your child can choose to do what he wants to do. Okay. It's up to us to uh, support our children in doing what they want to do. And if that happens to be, if some of the things they happen to enjoy doing we mutually like doing, such as golf, your husband likes to do, and your son, then great. You remind your husband of the benefit of purchasing all those golf lessons. And that was bonding and creating a good foundation and being a good role model for your child. So you want your child to have to to do these things to stay out of trouble, right? This is why we put our kids in sports, or at least that's why I put my little child in sports. It's not so he can be the next, you know, LeBron James, put him in basketball, or the next Federer, put him in tennis. You do these things to keep him engaged. You want to keep him active. You want to make him competitive, right? You want to teach him sportsmanship because life is about sportsmanship. Even if you don't play sports, you have to know that you win some, you lose some, and you have to uh, develop a maturity about yourself to be accepting and cheer other people on when they win and empathize with people when they lose. Okay. So this is about life and, and him being engaged in those sports, particularly golf with your husband Those are moments that you would, that both of them, all of you guys will treasure forever. So I will remind my husband of that. Like these are moments that we got to see our son flourish and mature and blossom into the man that he is. And nothing is, nothing can take that away from you. And who says that he won't take a couple years off and then decide that he wants to, I don't know, call a coach golf or play golf again. I mean, nothing says he doesn't want to, he just doesn't want to right now. And all you can do is support him in doing whatever he wants to do. So I would have the conversation and remind your husband of the good investment this has made and the person you have created because of the time you spent bonding with your son. Yeah, I feel like this is similar to the mama in the last letter. Yes, yeah, your husband is being a little ridiculous. I get that he's a little frustrated by the fact that he made this investment and that you all made this investment and your son has decided that he doesn't want to go to the same school and he doesn't want to take the scholarship. But we don't know, did he get a scholarship somewhere else? Like, did he pick another school? What? I get it. To Nicole's point, when I went to school initially, I was going to become a doctor. I'm sure that my parents were disappointed when I came home and said, hey, I'm going to work in radio, right? Not because radio is not a good job, just because they thought they were getting a doctor and they didn't. 
And they had already paid money into the investment of me being a doctor. It's weird. I just feel like your husband is a little frustrated. But the fact that he graduated, that you all have a a high school graduate that's headed to college, like remind your husband that that is a, a measure of success. You have a black male, I'm assuming, a black male who not only is graduating high school, but is going to college. And your biggest complaint is that he's not playing golf. Like, y'all, that's real first world problems. Please, Tracy, remind your husband that this is real first world problems. And your husband can still, maybe the pressure that your son is feeling around golf doesn't make golf enjoyable to him anymore. That could literally be it. Maybe, have, you, have you all asked him why he doesn't want to play golf? Have you asked him why he doesn't want to take the golf scholarship? Have you all asked him? Like maybe he just wants it to be an enjoyable bonding thing for, for he and, and your husband. I would venture to say that there's more to this than what we are discussing. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I don't necessarily know that anyone would just say, I'm going to just not do something that I'm great at, even though it's driving a wedge between my father and I, who seems to be, who seem to have had a close relationship, unless there's something that that's lying underneath of this. Maybe you have a conversation with your son and ask him to express the reason why he has decided to kind of part ways from golf. And tell your your husband to grow up because not talking to your son at all, especially on something as monumentous as his graduation, your husband's being a bit immature. I'm just going to call it like I see it, Tracy. Your husband is being a bit immature. You said that he that you all had him later in life. Your husband is too old to be acting like this. Now, if there's a part of the story that you haven't shared with us that your husband, the reason why your husband's acting like this, but based on what you shared with us, your husband is being a little ridiculous. And I think that you need to tell him because this point you have to advocate. And unfortunately, you're stuck in the middle, right? You have to advocate for your son, though, right? If your son is doing, based on, based on what you wrote us, if he's doing all of those things and he's getting scholarships, it seems like he's on the right track. Like, remind your husband that there are a lot of black men, there are a lot of children that don't make it home, that don't because of all of their, their extracurricular activities and the places and the things that they do. And he could be hanging on the streets. He could be attempting to sell drugs or doing anything, but he's going to college. Like this is major first world problems, Tracy. Let's remind our husband that that these first world problems are just that. Your husband needs to let this one go. Yeah. I, um, you know, you said something that definitely, um, made me think, yeah, she's right. And that is, I think that people take going to college now for granted. Like, I know that we probably do, Janine, because like all of our friends have gone to college, right? Like it's just like the thing that you do. You finish high school and you go to college, but that's not a lot of people going to college nowadays. Like people are not doing college now. Like our generation, it was like your goal is to go to college, you know? Nowadays, people are like, but I can make a million dollars on TikTok, so I'm going to do that instead. Like people are like trying to be big time influencers. That's like the new NBA now trying to be an influencer and pop off like that. So, uh, and people are making good coins from it, but sometimes those coins are not consistent. So when you you have somebody that is grounded enough to say, okay, I want a career in X and I'm going to get that career in X, 
And so I'm going to go to school to get that career. That's a big deal. You know, making it out of college as a black boy is a big deal. Having your priorities in order, big deal. Regardless if those priorities say, hey, I want to go to college so that I can become, I don't know, a doctor. Or if those priorities are, I want to go to trade school to become, I don't know, a plumber. Like just having some type of vision is a big deal because nowadays kids out here idle. Like they're like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm going to take some time off to think about it. Like high school thinking about it wasn't long enough. I'm going to take some time out to think about it. They take one year off and it's like, wait, I'm going to take two years off to think about it. So celebrate each win. Like win number one, he's graduating from high school. Like celebrate that. Like don't beat him up for his decisions. Celebrate that and support his decisions. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? So this is according to Pew Research. It's a it's a study about the changing reactions of gay children. So back in 1985, and I'm assuming that it starts in 1985 because that's when we first started getting the research. But back in 1985, parents of children identified as 89 percent said that they would be upset if their child was gay and 9 percent said that they would not be upset. And most recently, they said that 57 percent of parents said that they would not be upset if their child was gay in comparison to 39% of parents who said that they would be upset that their child was gay. So what it's showing is that we are having a growing tolerance for people who might not be like us. And it is okay. We don't all need to be the same. We just need to be tolerant and accepting of others. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? So I learned um, there's a parenting article entitled 10 Sacrifices Parents Make to Give Us a Better Life. And it said that all parents should sacrifice these And I feel like it should have not said should sacrifice these, but it should say all parents do sacrifice these. So there's 10 of them. So I'm gonna let them roll off. Number one, time. Obviously, it takes time and energy to raise a child and time is not your own anymore. So time is what you sacrifice. Number two, emotions. And when they talk about emotions, they mean being emotionally stable for your child. Like it grows you up real quick when you have a child because your child is throwing tantrums and you have to be able to keep it together. You can't just cry in the grocery store because your child is like having a breakdown. You have to keep it together. You have to be the adult here. You have to show emotional stability at all times. Number three, money. I don't even think you need to explain that. Obviously, kids are expensive. Number four, relationships. So those friends you used to hee hee ha ha with, once you have children, they may not understand that you can't hang out every weekend. They may not understand that you may not answer on the first call because you're venting about the guy that you met at the club last week. They are not going, they may not prioritize the friendship in the same way because their time, again, back to number one, their time is now more so devoted to this child. So relationships can uh, be sacrificed when you have children. Number five, your personal life can be sacrificed. And that's your personal life with your spouse or significant others, your personal life with your family. Your personal life is now evolving around little Timmy, right? It's like, oh, you're going to hang with friends that have other kids because you can set up play dates while you drink your wine, okay? Your personal life looks different. Number six, freedom. Y'all, you're not free no more. Those last minute weekend trips you could take because Marriott Vacations had a deal, you may not be able to take them. Now, people that have dogs, you also feel this lack of freedom because now you got to either figure out who's watching your dog or you got to board them. So that's the same thing with children. Freedom. Who's watching them? You Do you trust who's watching them? How long are you going to leave them without feeling guilty? 
So you give up freedom. Number seven, social life. You're not partying anymore. You're not going out. You're not going to every concert that comes in town. Yeah, Beyonce coming, but you may not be going to see her because why? You don't have a babysitter for little Timmy. Or you've been working long enough that you're so tired, you're exhausted, you don't even have time to, to socialize. Number eight, your career. Sometimes your career choices may have to change when you have children. If you had a career that you traveled a lot, when you have children, you may not be able to, to be as flexible in travel. Number nine, food. Now, this starts early on. If you're breastfeeding, there's certain foods you just can't eat. That spicy food, you're going to cut out. If your kid is colicky and fussy, they may tell you to cut out cheese. If you're trying to lose weight, you got to cut back on fast food. So foods, you've had to sacrifice for the children. And number 10, <laughs> your desires. Your desires. Now, I would argue you should not have to sacrifice your desires, but I will say your focus is not on your desires as much as it is your child, right? So I got student loans right now, y'all. I'm not worried about paying my student loans. I'm trying to make sure that every month I'm contributing to Harrison's 529B. You know, I'm trying to make sure that he's straight and the desires I have to pay my loans off quickly it took a backseat to making sure that Harrison's college fund is going to be paid up by the time he's ready to go to college. Now, obviously, some of this we can do at the same time, but the point is the desires change some, okay? It's not that it's bad, but you pivot a little bit because now you're prioritizing your family a little bit differently. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. So this motivational moment comes from a blog article called Every Parent's Desire, and it's by Mohit Gupta. And he said, let them realize their own dreams, not yours. After all, don't all parents want what is best for their children? So remember that what is best for your child doesn't mean them fulfilling your dream. It's them fulfilling their own. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production.